This week on the Mickey Shorts and More Disney Podcast, we're excited to feature a brand new segment to the show. It's called Mickey Mouse Behind the Scenes, and we have Jess Ford, the associate producer of The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, and she also contributed to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway in Anaheim. She's here on the show this week, and Keith and I are going to watch the Season 4, Episode 13 short, Year of the Dog. All that and more on this week's episode of the Mickey Shorts and More podcast. Oh, yeah. Hey, Mickey Shortsters, welcome to the Mickey Shorts and More Disney Podcast. My name is Steve. My name is Keaton, and I'm really excited for this special guest on the show today. I am excited, too. We have, ever since we started the podcast, one of the things that we said was our goal, was one of our goals, was to be able to not just watch the Mickey Shorts and and review those, as we've done now for, this is our 102nd episode. But we want to take the show and interview people that have actually worked on the show to tell you what their career is like, to tell you what it's like working behind the scenes, maybe some fun stories. And we finally made that possible this week. And this week, we've got Jess Forer on the show to talk about what she does as an associate producer of The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. So what we're going to do is instead of covering the news, because the news this week has been kind of you know depressing and crazy all over the place. So we're going to skip the news this week. We're going to skip the product of the week and just go straight into our interview with Jess Four, so that you can enjoy that. And then we'll watch some Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse behind the scenes. What is wrong with you people? So this week on the Mickey Shorts and More podcast, we've got a special opportunity to talk to someone amazing who actually works on the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse. So so welcome to the show, Jess Four, and let me just give you a quick background on her. Now, she is an associate producer on the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse. She graduated from UCLA in 2008 and then started work at DreamWorks Animation as a PA on How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, then she moved into the, the 2D, 3D hybrid short, The Legend of the Bone Napper Dragon, as a coordinator, followed by Puss in Boots, Madagascar 3, How to Train Your Dragon 2, and Kung Fu Panda 3. Let's make sure we add the 3 on there. In 2019, she joined the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse, that, that crew, during Season 1 as a production manager and has been on the show ever since. Jess is now the associate producer of The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse throughout season two. And in the summer of 2020, she had the great opportunity to help out on Mickey and, Minnie, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, the Anaheim edition of that ride. In her free time, Jess enjoys drawing, watching movies, going to museums, tiki bars, yoga, and of course, spending time at Disneyland. So with all that, Jess, welcome to the Mickey Shorts and More podcast. Thank you. Very excited. So just do a quick introduction. Tell us about you and what you do for the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse. So um, I'm the associate producer, which basically means I kind of have my eyes on everything across the board. So every meeting, um, any sort of requests that come in for things, um, making sure we're on time with deliverables, 
um, running editorial sessions, running art sessions, talking to Paul, pulling Paul into 15 different directions, uh, wrangling an artist. We have a very small crew now, but wrangling artists, editors, production staff, you name it. So I pretty much wear all sorts of hats. And um, it is more of a higher level position. So that doesn't mean I'm like in the nitty gritty of um, breaking down boards, say like something a coordinator would do or um, filing the artwork, uploading artwork and things like that. But I do oversee all that stuff. So I'm aware of everything going on <laughs> at all there times. So now before we get too started, you've got to answer a question that has been a burning question for us for all the years that we've been on the air and we've heard industry people saying it both ways. Is it Paul Ruddish or Paul Rudish? Paul Rudish. Yes, we've been doing it right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right. The first time we've been doing it wrong. The first year oh, no. we might have been a little off, but uh, <laughs> we, it's we've okay. corrected I'm ourselves I'm sure he's now. used to it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. What does an associate producer do for the Mickey Shorts? Tell us about your day. My day. So it's a lot of meetings. And now that we're working from home, it's a lot of Zooms. So this is basically the new normal. Um, eventually, we will probably go back and do like a hybrid situation. But um, for the most part, my job is making sure I check in with everybody throughout the day to make sure that things are going um, on schedule and they're running smoothly. Um, I talk to our artists. I talk to our production staff. I talk to other departments like the music department to make sure that our composer has everything that he needs. We talk to our overseas studio. We call we say overseas is a loose term, but really they're in Canada. So they're still on the continent, but we still say overseas. Um, it's more like a colloquial term. And we talk to them to make sure they have all the assets they need. And when we do post we send back scenes for them to fix. It's called retakes. So um, in post, that's mainly where we're at right now. And um, it's a lot of communication, a lot of talking to people, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes sense. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. So tell us about your creative journey. I mean, how did you decide that you wanted to go into this field? And how did you get to where you are today? I always loved cartoons. I grew up like every other person in animation. I grew up watching cartoons. I ate it up. My parents are both very creative. So they showed me all this stuff at a young age and I just absorbed it like a sponge. And I knew I had to somehow work in animation. And I love to draw. I constantly am keeping a sketchbook of stuff. I always have a sketchbook on hand. And uh, I just knew I had to kind of marry the two things together, work in film industry and somehow draw. So I grew up, you know, watching these cartoons. I was drawing, I was doing art classes. Um, eventually when I was going to college, I, I wanted a major in film, but um, luckily a, uh, a university in Southern California, LMU, Loyola Marymount University, they offered a major for animation, which most universities they don't do that. It's kind of a minor or like a specialty studies. So I applied there. I got in. I got my uh, undergrad degree, my bachelor in animation and um, film with studio arts. And then I decided I'd need a little bit more time. So I went to UCLA, got my master's in animation, burned out, not going to lie, burned out. Animation's intense. And I thought, well, I don't know if I want to do the artistic stuff so much. 
I'm going to see what else there is to offer. I still want to work in animation, but I don't know if I want to do art. It's also very competitive. Um, and I was fortunate enough to land a PA job at DreamWorks Animation on How to Train Your Dragon. And it just kind of fit. It's, it's more my mental uh, strong point, I, I guess you could say, is you're, you have to be very detail-oriented, good communication skills, know how to plan. And also, I have understanding of animation, so, like, it all kind of worked out. And I've just been sticking with it since. But I still love to draw, and I still post things on Instagram, and I still make stickers for friends. And so that way, I still have my creative outlet on the side. I like it. <laughs> What is your favorite part of your job? Oh my gosh. I think working on Mickey Mouse cartoons is definitely the, my favorite part of the job. <laughs> Very lucky to be on the show. Um, Mickey is Mickey and the gang are some of my most favorite, favorite, favorite characters. And the fact that I get to be a part of that world is really incredible. It's a very... Uh, uh, a niche thing to get to be a part of and very lucky that I was able to to get this job it's it's not every day that you can say you work on Mickey Mouse cartoon <laughs> so, so yeah so what is the reaction when you get a job you know helping produce Mickey Mouse cartoons uh, probably what you expect, just, oh my God, you know, when I go to Disneyland and they, the cast member, when you're paying for something, the cast members say, where do you make the magic? Cause they have to ask that question. Um, I say, well, I work on the Mickey Mouse cartoons and oh my God, that's so amazing. Yeah. The whole thing. And it's true. It's like, it's hard for me to like take a step back and like be in their shoes. Cause I'm so used to it. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, I do. I do work on Mickey cartoons. Like how, how freaking cool is that? Yeah, so. <laughs> especially, you know, when I talk to people like you who love it so much and I get to see people out in the world and how it makes a huge impact on them. I like I love that because I'm just stuck in my room all day making, you know, TV and I don't really get to talk to other people other than my crew. So it's nice. So of the, the, the especially like the two episodes or you know any of of the previous season of The Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. What can you tell us about the gags on the show? I mean, how do they get in there? Like, like Dopey as the sun. That, that, that was insane. And does Disney occasionally have to say no to things? The gags. So we have a very, um, let's see, how do I say this? Our, our shows are board driven. So we rely really heavily on our board artists and our directors and our writers to come up with these gags. Um, we don't have a script. So we essentially write the script as we board. And I just credit it to, you know, these folks who have such a huge understanding for these old Mickey Mouse cartoons and they want to bring their spin to it. So there's a passion there and there's like a knowledge of these old cartoons and we put a modern spin on it, but we also kind of keep it pretty classic. So, I mean, Eddie Trigueros, who was the director for um, On Winter, he did the Cabin Fever episode with the the um, the animal heads from Country Bears. Country Bears, yeah. And his, his uh, board artist, they partner up, um, her name's Kristen Morrison. She uh, boarded that episode with Eddie and the two of them would just probably come up with these things. I wasn't in every single story meeting, but, and I know they talk on their own. So I'm sure they brainstormed the thing to death, but, you know, ultimately we kind of throw what we can into these boards 
And if it really sticks, we keep it in. That's going, you know, I have to say that it goes through a legal process and we have to make sure things are cleared and all that. So to answer that question, some stuff does get kicked back, but we're pretty fortunate that a lot of stuff gets to stay too. So. Because you're referencing things from all over the Disney library. I mean, I was so surprised to see, you know, stuff from the black hole front and center in last week's episode. I, that, that just floored me. That I can't remember if that was in a writing a, a writing meeting or not. That's Bill Reese who directed that one. He also did the um, ice skating episode in winter. So his episodes are really crazy and out there and strange, but we love it. You know, every director brings their own spin to every episode. So I don't remember if the black hole, uh, the robot, right? He, yeah, yeah. I don't remember if a board. Vincent. That or, yes. Uh, yeah, it must've been in the boards cause we had to design it. So yeah, that's, that's probably him and his board partner, Stevie Barola. So they worked really well together too. Awesome. Yeah. What is the most rewarding thing about your job on the Mickey Shorts? I think being a part of the Mickey world for sure. As I said, I love it. I If you can only see my room, it's just covered in Disney bits oh. and bobs, just like the churro monster. <laughs> There's things everywhere. Tons and tons of toys. I love, you know, classic animation. Like, here's my little Oswald from Japan. Yes. And, you know, things I, I like the Oswalds. I have an Oswald stuffy. Yep. You do? Yeah. Very cool. I love the classic stuff. And so the fact that we get to put that stuff out there is a huge thing for me. Like I nerd out with the the whole team all the time. And like they get it and I don't feel weird about it. <laughs> so that's very rewarding. What is the most rewarding thing about working on Mickey and Minnie's Runway Railway? Ooh, I think... <laughs> Being a part of Imagineering was super cool because that was always a dream for me. And I got to taste a little bit of it and it's awesome. So I will cherish that forever. That is is very cool. So what would you recommend to say the younger generation who are wanting to pursue careers in animation or production or, you know, the kinds of stuff that you do? What's your suggestions and uh, advice? Uh, if you love cartoons, watch cartoons and watch all different types of cartoons, all different mediums, all different genres, um, you know, stop motion, the classic Disney's, of course, um, the old ones, the black and white cartoons, uh, you know, stuff from the eighties, nineties. Now there's so much out there right now. So I'm sure you watch a lot of that and kind of just take notes on what makes something cool. I think like what sticks out to you and try to hold on to that. And if you get, when you get older and if you want to pursue a career and you go to school for it, you can remember those things that were super exciting to you. And then you can do something like that too. Um, as far as school, like I, you know, sometimes people will say you don't need an education, but I wanted, I personally wanted to go to college and it kind of wasn't, uh, I had no choice <laughs> in my family, but it was fine because I wanted to go. Um, but you know, you meet a lot of people and it's a lot of networking. So the more people you meet, the bigger net network net you have to cast and um, find a job out there. But you got some time. He's got some time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I 
wanted to be an animator. You did? You still yes. can. So can you you've got plenty of time, buddy. You just gotta learn <laughs> the software. Yeah. Just and you know, like take classes and you know, there's I'm sure there's camps you can go to, art camps. And do you like to draw? Is that something you like to do? Yes, I can yeah. I'm basically learning how to draw like draw like characters with bodies that the easiest drawing idea is stickman. <laughs> <laughs> you got to start somewhere. <laughs> He's all over his stick, man. <laughs> so, so of the episodes that you've produced, um, is there a segment, especially, you know, with the three parters in the, the wonderful spring or the wonderful winter, is there a segment or a short that's, that's close to your heart? That's a favorite that just really you, you love between those two. Um, God. Or, or season two. <laughs> I mean, um, you mean Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse? Wonderful World, yeah. I mean, this oh. of the Mickey Mouses that you've produced. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, gosh, I think Once Upon an Apple is pretty good. That's the one with the witch and Mickey. Yep. Um, yeah. That's got a lot of cool references in it. That's another Eddie Kristen collaboration. Um, and I like to say that I've never seen Paul laugh so hard at that in animatic. He was like, super laughing in that meeting and i was like oh my gosh that's the most i've ever seen you laugh so this must be good there's um, a uh, there's a part of in uh the episode game night that we laughed really hard at the donald duck Walt disney oh that's that's yes. so that's my um my little icon for our messaging system at work is is donald in the fantasia outfit um that was that was directed by my friend jason and that one is very very funny um but but yeah once upon an apple is pretty good and then for season two so far i really do like cabin fever awesome yeah as do we (laughs) cool so if people are interested in following your career um how can they do that follow my career well get into production um no animation, no animation pipeline. Um, it's a very nuanced art form and um, it's a very collaborative art form, especially when you start getting into making things with teams. Um, it's a lot of people and a lot of talented people that have to make these things. So, um, and it takes a long time. So you have to have patience. Animation is a, is a long, slow burn. Um, but yeah, knowing the pipeline and knowing, you know, departments and what everyone does and what they can bring to the table is a huge plus because that's the knowledge and the skills that you're going to keep on, you know, sharpening as you get older and move throughout your career. So a foundation like that is essential. So thank you, Jess, for, for being part of the the mickey shorts and more podcast thank you for for coming on and being a guest and we love seeing what you do thank you so much and i appreciate you guys reaching out to me it's been fun all right so keaton it's time to watch some mickey mouse i mean that was a good interview that That was was fun that was really fun i mean being able to talk to people that actually work on the show that's like i said at the beginning of this episode that's that's been my dream for this podcast since we started and it's it's fun now 102 shows in to finally let that happen but uh thank you jess for coming on the show and and being an awesome guest for us and we really hope we can talk to more people on episodes in the future but let's switch gears and watch the show 
Are you ready for the show? So this week we are doing Season 4, Episode 13 from the Disney Shorts. Nope, I have the wrong <laughs> words in there. So this week we are going to watch Season 4, Episode 13 of the Mickey Shorts called Year of the Dog. Now, the official show summary says Mickey's Lunar New Year feast is placed in jeopardy when Pluto, after being mistaken for a mysterious creature, steals the main course. <gasps> Pluto. P Pluto the criminal. Pluto is being a bad dog. But hopefully he can redeem himself at the end. Don't don't get me started on, on my, my thoughts on Pluto as the character because he's so mistreated. Now, the original air date is February 10th, 2018. Credit where credit is due, because we always love to thank the producers of the show. This was written by Derek Bachman, Paul Rudish, and Dave Thomas. Directed by Dave Thomas and storyboarded by Dave Thomas. And now, after we've talked to, to Jess in the previous segment, we understand how vital that storyboarding piece is. That's I mean, they're, they're writing it, they're drawing it out, and uh, there's... That's that's really important. So, how this works is we're going to give you a countdown. Keaton's going to give you a three, two, one. If you do that, click on the link in our show notes, and you can then watch it with us. We will have a small representation of it on the screen, but we got to cover that with logos so that Disney doesn't you know, get upset at us. <laughs> All right, so Keaton, can you give us a countdown to watch the show? Here we go. Three, two, one, go. And Mickey Mouse in Year of the Dog. So we've got a parade. It is going through Shanghai. And now we cut down to poor Pluto. A very hungry Pluto. Ah! There's nothing in his tummy. Oh, poor Pluto. But now he smells something amazing. Why are we watching the Pluto cartoon, but in the last episode we didn't even have Pluto? I know there's no episode, no Pluto last time. But he is here and now he's smelling something amazing. The Mickey Mouse is cooking some sort of dumpling, it looks like. His tongue is coming out of his mouth. He's so excited. Oh. Hey, what's he whistling? <laughs> the the Amtrak scene. Yep, as well as from Steamboat Willie. So, Mickey Mouse has now brought in a bunch of dishes. And Pluto is trying to eat them because he's a starving dog. So, he grabs a dish. Mickey freaks out going, where did the dish go? And as he's paying attention to the table... Pluto snaps in from another direction and grabs that food, leaving nothing but the dumplings, the Mickey Mouse. I'm assuming, I'm not sure what they are, but they look like some sort of a dumpling dish. Mickey is curious. What he is determined he's going to catch whoever is stealing this stuff. But now there's a knock at the door. And now we pan up. And, ooh, the crowd is here. And Minnie's like, what the? And now they cut to Pluto. He is wearing one of the big masks. You know, the traditional masks on his head. He is running around. Uh-oh. So now Mickey's runs out into the crowd that's watching the parade. He's trying to find this dog or this this monster that, that, that stole oh. his food. Oh. They're going through. They're interrupting the parade. Inadvertently causing a better parade. <laughs> so now Pluto, he's oh. sliding down the lights. 
and fa bumping into Mickey Mouse. Their faces are on fire momentarily. Mickey's grabbing the lights. He's flinging upwards. They look like eggs. They do. They do look like eggs. And now that is falling down fireworks. almost to Pluto's mouth when suddenly Mickey's going to light off the fireworks. Fireworks, my boy. <laughs> oh, he thought it was a dud. And nope. <sighs> off they go. They wrap around. Looks like an Oswald! apple store. Oswald, yes. <laughs> we love Oswald references. There's that Tigger. <laughs> I, uh, I'd have to go back and look. But now the rocket is shooting all through the, the crowd. How many champions are in this episode? <laughs> a lot. And now Pluto's finally going to get to eat. Mickey is trying to get it. Mickey's so excited, but at the same time, what are we celebrating? The fact that the dog is still starving. Poor Pluto. <laughs> Pluto is... Oh, uh, well, my thoughts on Pluto. He's look, he's all emaciated. He's, he's, he's so thin and oh, poor Pluto. But Mickey's gonna welcome in, even though he was the, the trying to steal his food. Mickey's welcoming him in, and the whole gang can now sit around the table. Yeah, you can eat it. And even though he offers Pluto food, Pluto of course is a good dog, and he's gonna give it back. But they still share it in the end. And there we go. Like Lady and the Tramp. Like Lady and the Tramp. They're both biting from both sides. So there we go. That is Year of the Dog. You're not a dog. <laughs> no. What was your favorite part? All right. So, Keaton, there was Year of the Dog. What'd you think? We don't really watch it often, but I think it was a cool one. Yeah, I mean, I did feel a little bit underprepared just because there's so much cultural happening here. Like I said, this, this does take place in Shanghai, and this is another one of the episodes, as we've talked about all throughout the Paul Rudish produced episodes, where they're taking it's... you into different cultures to experience different things. But because of that, I don't know the right words. I don't know what Mickey was cooking. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know it's what the, cool. I don't know what the dish was called. It's cool that it's featured in Shanghai, and there's Shanghai Disneyland. There is a Disney park in Shanghai, Correctamundo. That doesn't <laughs> even have a Space Mountain, which disappoints me. But it has an amazing Tron ride, which hopefully we can ride at some point in time if they will open it in Florida. Hopefully nope. before we visit, but... Not counting on that. So, Keaton, what was your favorite part of the episode? Uh, <laughs> like I said, in all honesty, we have not watched this one as much as the other Mickey Mouse shorts, uh, and that's fine. You know, we each we all have our favorites and the ones that maybe uh, we don't watch quite as much, but. It's still cool for me to see that even though we don't understand the language and we don't understand the culture, we can still follow the story throughout it. I mean, we understand a dog is hungry. Dogs will do what they need to do to eat. They and humans. those who are cooking the food are going to want to protect their food from being eaten by the dogs. And they'll lick people's faces. And they'll lick people's faces. But we like that part, usually. Yes. I mean, I don't know if I'd want a dog off the streets in Shanghai to lick my face, but... <laughs> that's you know uh, yeah now a few things to note about this episode um, this is the second episode to uh, be spoken in all Chinese uh, the first one Keaton can you remember the first one 
Pandemonium. Pandemonium, exactly. Now, pandemonium took place in Beijing. So, you know, a different part of, of, of China. But this one takes place in Shanghai. And so we get to see some of that, that fun culture there. Now, this episode does celebrate the Chinese New Year. And if you couldn't tell from the title of the show, this was the year of the dog in the Chinese Zodiac. And that's what it celebrates. And now, what you want to need to do is, is, is go into the episode... Go in like two seconds, like immediately after the title card. And what you're going to see is you're going to see the parade on the street. And on the parade, you're going to see a bunch of animals that are walking down the street. Look carefully at those animals because what they do is they represent all the animals from the Chinese Zodiac. So if you're starting on the right-hand screen and you're moving to the left-hand side of the screen, you can see there's a rooster. Uh, there's a dog. There's a pig. There's the monkey, there's the rabbit, the rat, the tiger, the snake, and the ox. Now, you have to kind of scroll ahead just a couple of frames for the, the, the ox to come into view there. But uh, they did this purposely to represent the Chinese Zodiac so that they can you know, be educational and tell us about these things as we watch our cartoons. Now, if you want to know, go even deeper into the Chinese Zodiac... 2018, when this show was released, um, being aligned with the Earth element, it was considered the year of the yellow dog, which is even more fitting of Pluto's description. Now, another fun fact, this episode premiered alongside a bunch of Olympic events and Olympic coverage. I love the Olympic Games. I know, me too. Um, but there's a, this was part of the 2018 Winter Olympics uh, held in South Korea, but uh, it aired alongside those uh, events, and so it helped kind of, you know, a fun time to release a new Mickey Mouse Shorts episode. Uh, Keaton, you, we, we pointed this out when we were watching the show. When Mickey Mouse is walking back to the table and he's whistling, what is he whistling? The Steamboat Willie's theme song. Exactly. The theme song. I mean, that's the typical you know, Mickey Mouse song that we use all over the place. But it's still fun, even in a different culture, to hear that used. <laughs> Done. <laughs> and then finally, whenever this, this particular short is shown, either on the Disney Cruise Line or at the Walt Disney World Resorts, for some reason they cut most of the dialogue and sound effects and it's just driven by the soundtrack. Not sure why that is, but I guess that's how they're, they're, they're doing it. can't believe Pluto was absolutely absent in the other one. And we've talked about, you know, all throughout a run of the Mickey Mouse shorts, that Pluto is is just not there. So it's great to see him in this episode and glad to have him on board. So, you know, Jess, if you happen to be watching this episode and if there's still time to work on things with the wonderful uh, summer and fall of Mickey Mouse, you know what we need? More Pluto. Come on, just a little tiny cameo. I mean, just something. Tigger was in there and there's no Pluto last week. So, yeah, we need more Pluto, please. That's our uh, That's our request. So with that, Keaton, you know what it's time for? Keaton's Joke of the Week. The Joke of the Week. Keaton's Joke of the Week. So Keaton, what do you have for us this week? How do baby cats learn how to swim? 
How do baby cats learn how to swim? I, I think baby cats don't want to learn how to swim. <laughs> <laughs> cats don't <laughs> like water. Uh, so I, I don't know. Keaton, uh, how do baby cats learn how to swim? The kiddie pool. <laughs> the kiddie pool. Oh, I know where this came from. We got into an argument about this the other night. You insisted that it's kiddie pool, meaning K-I-T-T-Y. And I'm like, no, it's not kiddie pool. It's not a pool for cats. It's kiddie. <laughs> K-I-D-D-I-E pool. <laughs> and we kept going back and forth with it all night. Kiddie pool. No, kiddie pool. <sighs> It is a cat pool. No, it's not a cat pool. <laughs> We're not going down this road again. Okay. Keaton's joke of the week. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for watching this week's episode of the Mickey Shorts and More podcast. A little longer this week. Hopefully that's okay. But special thank you to Jess Four for being willing to come on the show and to talk to us about what she does and the magic she can create with the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse. Now, just as a quick reminder, if you want to watch any of our previous episodes, you can do that on www.mickeyshortsandmore.com. Remember, you can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just do a quick search for Mickey Shorts and More, and hopefully we're going to pop up. And you can subscribe, leave reviews so other people can find us about find out about us as well. Yeah. And if you're watching on YouTube, give us, you know, everyone says this, but it does help. You know, subscribe to the site and uh, give us a like so that other people can find out about the video as well. Remember, you can connect with us on social media, just on you know, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you're at. Just do a quick search for us and, you know, Mickey Shorts and more. And we it's should a, pop up. It's a cat poll. <laughs> you can email the show your own questions or your own thoughts. Just email mickeyshortsandmore at gmail.com or call the voicemail line so that you can leave us your own thoughts in your own voice at 541-321-0472. Next week, we have got... Oh, the fancy gentleman. The fancy gentleman. Yes, another one that we really love and we've watched a zillion times. So that'll be fun to talk about. So come back and see us. Remember, our solution to all of life's problems, it's so simple. Just simply watch more Mickey Mouse. It'll make you smile, make you laugh. It'll bond you with your family, parents and children's all coming together. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria. And it'll help you solve your troubles. So with that, we will see you next time. Everyone have a great week and see you next time on the Mickey Shorts and more podcast. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah.